Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. We are tonight's entertainment. Welcome to the Discerning Gamer Podcast. Your premium destination for all things gaming culture. We have the latest in gaming news, reviews of the hottest new games, discussion and analysis of the games of yesteryear. When you're short on time and need your gaming fix, look no further than the crew who know their master chief from their master sword. I love Halo. Your hosts, Joel, Simon, Casey, and Ferg. So toss a coin to your Witcher and answer that call of duty. It's time to level up. This is the Discerning Gamer Podcast. Yes, driving around in an ice cream van loaded with heavy weapons, trying to brutally murder a range of other drivers for the amusement of a disturbed clown known only as Sweet Tooth. This is the Discerning Gamer Podcast. I am your host, Joel J.B. Fury Boshane, and with us this week, as always, are the DG crew, starting with the PC gamer, the Sultan of Steam. His hopes of applying for a job at Daedalic Entertainment are lying in ruins. <laughs> However, he's still frantically trying to learn the elfish language just in case. It's Fergus Fergamon Hamilton. Welcome to the show, Ferg. Oh, Senor Fury, how are you, mate? Good to be oh, here. Yes, sir. Uh, Really, really pleased to be here. Really happy to uh, dig into all the uh, the juicy gaming news this week. Also with us, uh, the gaming chef, the Earl of Emotional Damage, uh, hacking cuties' phones to see their racy <laughs> Nisa space outfits. It's uh, Simon Steely McLaughlin. Welcome to the show. Oh, thank you, Joel. My favourite pastime, hacking into the mainframe. Oh, I love doing that at, to see all those... Uh, the most attractive girls of all of my life on uh, on my PlayStation. Uh, it's excellent fun. It's just the most fun I've ever had. Um, and I got to do it all with my wife. It was like having a virtual threesome. Oh, baby. Uh, yum. <laughs> Finally yum, 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 with yum. us, uh, the Nintendo Queen, Pistol Pisty Pete. The Pist. Uh, hoping that the free-to-play Sims 5 features a swimming pool with removable ladder that doesn't require $1,500 worth of expansion packs. It's Casey C-Mac McLaughlin. Welcome to the show, C-Mac. Thanks, Joel. I don't think that's coming. I don't think pools will be coming at all, mm. unless it's an extra, like, 50 I'd bucks. I'll tell you who will be coming. I'm going to come. Oh, man. If I keep playing Cuties Hacked. Wow. That's, uh... I'll be coming back to the podcast to talk about it, you filthy-minded freaks. Oh, my, oh my gosh. Oh, my goodness. Well, uh, talking those? about filthy-minded freaks, to kick things off this week, uh, I found a very amusing uh, story about uh, a new sequel, Baldur's Gate 3, and it has shot up the Steam top sellers list after a bare sex reveal uh, was shown uh, during a live stream on social media. So early in July, there was a Panel from Hell live stream in which a clip was shown where the player can have sex with a druid in bare form. Uh, the druid in question is called Halcyn, uh, an NPC and potential companion who can be rescued from a prison. 
Uh, Halcyon can temporarily wild shape into a bear. And if you play your cards right, he does this during a romance cutscene. So, uh, in an interview with IGN, Larian boss Sven Vinke called Baldur's Gate 3's bear sex scene hilarious. And every single person who's seen it is like, oh my God, but it's funny. Um, in a new statement issued to IGN, Vinky uh, did not single out the bear sex scene as the sole cause of Bouldergate 3's rapid climb up the uh, Steam uh, top sellers list. Uh, instead, he pointed to the success of the live stream overall. So, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. What, what do you reckon, uh, <laughs> DG Crew? Uh, nothing like a bit of uh, simulated bestiality to boost your game sales. Uh, up the uh, Steam top sellers list, you know, is that uh, could that be what uh, what was missing out of uh, Gollum? Uh, yeah, yeah, you know, <laughs> that have saved Dadalic uh, Entertainment from their uh, untimely fall. If uh, you know Gollum had been uh, romancing a bear, having having sex with some uh, an animal of some description. Mm-hmm. Oh, tell man. you what, last time I went to pick up uh, a Mario game, I wasn't like, oh, I really hope in this one he. Fucks a Yoshi. Like, I don't. I don't understand this. Like, why did? Why has it made it more popular? Because you can fuck a bear. Well, technically, I, I mean, is it technically bestiality if the bear you're rooting is is just a druid in mm. bear form? Well, it's magic, so they are a bear at some point. You know, this this uh, druid is is taking on the complete genetic makeup of a bear i assume for at least the five minutes of of lovemaking so so what is going on why 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 i just why i don't know it just sounds fucked to me well if uh we'll we'll put the question out to our our loyal listeners if uh if you can tell us why a bestiality cutscene uh in boulders gate 3 has made it more successful uh, please reach out to us on the podcast and uh, fill us in because uh, we're we're not quite sure on that one. Uh, it's a bit of a uh, bit of a question mark, but uh, bit of a, any publicity is good pub- publicity in this sense, perhaps. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, uh, I'm now going to throw over to you, Ferg, for uh, for what you've got this week. What do you got for uh, us? I've got I've got something. It, it's interesting that you brought up Boulders um, Gate Three this week as well, JB. But we'll get to that later. Um, what have I got this week? I got something a bit different. I don't have any news. I was doing some thinking last week, and it's a bit of a shame. I'm going to rip through this this week as opposed to last week because we've just gotten through Valve's. Uh, annual Steam sale, their big one, the summer Steam sale. Mm. Um, did so, we pick up any bargains, everyone? Because um, <clears> I certainly did. No, I didn't. In no. a, again, in the year where I'm trying not to buy, spend any money on video games, I didn't. I was eyeing off uh, Left 4 Dead 2. I think it was a dollar forty, and mm. didn't buy it. But that was more because I completely forgot about when the sta- sale was ending. But um, didn't, I um, didn't think you'd get an hour and twenty five minutes worth oh, of value no, out of that one. I'm or? sure I would have, but you know, I procrastinated on buying it, and then the next time I jumped on my computer, it was all over Red Rover. So that was just poor uh, Steam summer sale management on my behalf. What did you pick up, JB? I picked up the Majesty 2 collection, so mm-hmm. uh, the one with all the DLC uh, bundled in, and uh, it crashes approximately every 10 minutes while I'm playing it because there's some <laughs> uh, video card memory issue going on on my PC and I haven't been able to 
mm. find a hot fix for it just yet. But um, sounds like PC gaming. Uh, but I also uh, bit the <laughs> bullet and pre-ordered Starfield. Mm-hmm. Um, so it will be a day one uh, release for me. Um, Did you get the um, the fancy edition? The pre-release bonus, I can't no, remember. No. no, so you'll be playing actually what? on day one. You won't be playing four days ahead or whatever. The- That's right. Yeah, it'll be exactly day one. I can I can wait the extra days yeah. to uh, to play that one, but I am extremely looking forward to uh, everything mm-hmm. that has to offer. Uh, Simon and Casey, I take it you uh, uh, had a good hard perusal of the steam store during the summer sale was that uh accurate? yeah the only hard perusal of steam i've been doing is out of the kettle in the morning when i make the wife a cup of tea <laughs> um well so no steam sailing for me no sailing at all it's mm. another that's a sale joke so i've done a steam joke and a sale joke if you want any more a summer joke here we go um what what do you call hot and and red uh, I don't know. What do you call hot and Just, red? Uh, my my face, my my skin when it's, it's been hot. when it's been in the sun. Ha! Got ya. <laughs> That's a good one. So, um, long story short, no, I don't even know what you're going to That's embarrassing. <laughs> well, never well. mind. Um, anyway, back yeah. on back back on track. So, what I thought I'd do this week is I wanted to share three awesome resources which I use generally religiously whenever I go to buy video games, specifically PC um, video games and make a purchase. So I've got three websites. I think they're unbelievable. All three of these live in my uh, book, book, what is it called? A book bar, book page bar on your bloody browser, whatever it is. Um, So the first one is, you know, you're looking at getting a new game. Maybe you're like JB, you're thinking about picking up Starfield. The first question you got to ask yourself is, can my PC run this thing? So there's an awesome website called Can You Run It? And it's literally a, a a database of essentially every game in existence and games to come. And you can just search for a game and it'll show you these are the minimum requirements. These are the recommended. Um, and it actually has, there's a downloadable executable. Now, whether or not you, yeah, I think it's reasonably safe. But again, use it at your own risk. You can actually download... Um, this program which will basically search your computer for its specs and then it gives you a bit of a list and says, yep, your GPU meets the recommended, blah, 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 blah. And if anything is not up to scratch, it sort of flags it. So that's number one. Can you run it? Fantastic resource for, yeah, before you're dropping 100 bucks on a game, whether your PC is actually going to be able to handle it and handle it well. So um, check there. Um, and just interestingly, Starfield, I checked for my computer, don't meet the recommended... Um, graphics card requirements for this game so yeah. we'll be interested to see what that means it's uh i think i've had a pretty good run of six years of sort of having a beast of a computer and now it's just starting to show its age so it'd be interesting to see how it goes with starfield but we are looking at uh, picking up the latest nvidia uh whatever whatever they are now uh gtx or... yeah i think we're up to the 4090s i think they say back about six grand or something i think for oh, the yeah. card itself so oh, I get if you can get wow. your, if you if you can get your hands on one that's the other thing there you know the last couple of years they've been slim pickings to come across some of these high-end gpus but um probably not i probably would just see how i go with the uh 
I'll just tone down the ultra settings a little bit and I think it'll probably be all right. But anyway, mm. um, so can you run it? Fantastic yeah. website. Right. Set all the settings to potato. Yeah, that's that it. Everything <laughs> will look like, it'll look like Minecraft. <laughs> My Starfield experience, everything will be blocked. Um, the next one is an unbelievable resource. It's a website called Is There Any Deal? Now, Is There Any Deal is incredible. So if I ever go at any point to look to buy... A, a video game i jump on is any deal and i check it out so i'm sitting on the website now if i just go to a, a game on the front page teeny tiner's wonderland if you click on that it lists what the price it is on probably uh, in this list there's about 15 different places you can buy this digitally and it tells you what each of the websites are selling it for what percentage that is off the normal price and whether or not what it's currently selling for is the lowest it's ever been. So you can quite, and I'm looking at this one. So at the moment on Steam, um, Teeny Tiny's Wonderland is on sale for $29.68 and that's the cheapest it's ever been. So if you'd been eyeing off this game or if it was on a wish list or something, you just search and you look at it and be like, well, this is the time to buy it. Uh, Tiny Tina's Wonderland, that was the, um, the sort of... Uh, sub uh, sequel to Borderlands, wasn't it? That's uh, correct, yeah. So, yeah, mm. that's an awesome resource, is any deal. Um, and it's good, like, you know, maybe you see something on sale and just because it's 60% off doesn't mean it's the cheapest it's ever been. So you can use that to make a decision on, you know, it's, you know, $20 cheaper. To, sorry, it's $20 more expensive than the low it's ever been. Maybe I'm not that interested in picking it up now. I'll hold off until it's cheaper. So is there any deal? Awesome. Um, and the last one, because I always bang on about my motto of $1 spent f per one hour of gameplay. Now, this is a website. It's not just for PC games. This is everything. So Switch, PlayStation. If you go to a website called How Long To Beat, you get another database of you can sign up if you want to and you can basically submit. But people will basically say, I played this game. This is how long it took me to beat it. And it takes all of these this information and you can work out and see what the average length time that people play this game for to you know beat the main story, beat the main story in the sides. So as, as an example, I've pulled up The Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. So if I was going to spend 90 bucks and I wanted to get my money worth, I can look at this and say, on average, and there's been 2,000 people submit their times, the main story would take you 58 and a half hours to do the main story in the sides, 107 hours. If you're a completionist, um, it's approximately 219 hours. And those three average out to about 100 hours. So you can look at that and get a gauge of, if you enjoy the game, how long you might be playing for it um, to make a decision on... 100 bucks, 100 hours. Makes sense. Yeah, makes sense. Whereas, you know, you might see another game that's on sale and it might, you know, the average complete time might be 10 hours. So you might not be interested in spending a whole stack of money on it until it's on sale. So... Mm. I just thought I'd bring that to the attention of the listener just in case they haven't come across these resources because I reckon they're awesome. So that was, can you run it? Is there any deal and how long to beat? Three awesome websites. Go check them out. Mm, killer. Well, thanks very much for that, Ferg. Uh, all right, we'll throw over to you, Steely, for uh, some rumours. Mm, fuck wow. Yeah, have you seen this? Fleetwood have Mac. you heard about this? <laughs> um, it, look, it started with a tweet, everybody. Not that anyone uses uh, Twitter anymore, apparently. But this is how it started. Nash Weedle. I don't know who the fuck that is, but he tweeted out about a dev kit 
for a next-gen Switch arriving in Spain. And now the internet then shat itself, and people are speculating if the Switch dev team um, that the kit went to was Mercury Steam, the team behind the fucking legendary Metroid Dread. Now, this is, of course, just leaks, rumors, and speculation, but Nash Weedle goes on to say that an announcement would be coming soon, just like me and the cuties. Um, so <laughs> since the initial tweet, yeah, since the initial tweet, every man and his dog have been trying to prove the tweet's legitimacy with screenshots of the developer's portal for Nintendo showing an NX2 logo, but they have since been proven to be fake. However, a Spanish YouTuber who covers gaming leaks has made a video about a dev kit being in Spain as well. So the legitimacy continues to grow and and uh, a lot of people are saying, you know, where there's smoke, there's either fire or some really hot oil somewhere um, that does, has a low smoke point. Anyway, um, now there's a user by the name of Nikki on Twitter still um, who has, by the looks of it, confirmed the fake tweets and, um, and that they are fake and also to confirm that they too have heard that there are sources that indicate a Switch 2 is coming and that it will be announced between now and September and released in Q2 of 2024. <coughs> but that's not all, everyone, because Nintendo's spending the balls has been somewhat... Yeah, hard for balls indeed. Uh, somewhat confirming the rumours um, their spending has, because we've spoken about this before, when Nintendo spends big on materials right before they begin production on a new console, and they did it for the Wii U, the Switch, the Switch Lite, and the Switch OLED, and now it's no exception with 110 billion yen being spent on research and development, which is inclusive of those um, those materials, apparently. So now, um, get out your mouth on, everyone, because I'm about to throw some fucking salt up in here. <laughs> Um, if the reason why this all sounds all too familiar, it's because last year I was covering the same story almost, and we got a special edition Switch or the Switch OLED. I can't really remember which one it was. And there is every possibility that we could get an announcement for a Switch Lite OLED or something fucking stupid like that. There's every possibility. <laughs> so with any rumors I cover on this show, and I've said it once and I'll say it again, we just have to wait and see. Because I have, I do not know any sources. I, this is just me regurgitating slutty information. Yeah, well, I guess as they say on the uh, official PlayStation podcast, it's uh, subject to change without notice. Mm. Yes, exactly. Yes. Now I'm, I look, I'm excited though, right? Because I'm desperate for an upgrade. Um, if Nintendo can strike lightning twice with the strip with the Switch Two, we're in for an amazing next seven years in gaming considering nintendo has crushed the competition with the switch if they can insert a substantial power increase into the mix with the next um the next bit of hardware that they put out it'll be a great time to be a fucking nintendo fan um it'll be a really good time to be a fucking zelda fan as well just and i can i can see the next zelda now on nintendo switch 2 running at 60 frames per second and maybe not just being in a cel-shaded art style because it's all the Switch can actually do. Um, but having said that, everyone, that's just some of the news and rumours that have come out of the fucking interwebs mm. over the last week. Now, I'm just going to touch very quickly because I know that none of you care about that news. 
Um, except for me. Well, I care about it. Well, thanks, Dom. We all care. I love you. The listeners um, care. Hmm. Someone cares. Yeah, I can't wait for the next well, iteration of the Switch. I think it's going to be sick. And I think... Well, that, but then you've got to play <clears> the games that come out on it. I do. But I, I, what I can see is like you're saying, Steely, picking up the new um, Nintendo, whatever it is, it might not even be called Switch, it might be called something else, mm. and getting that bloody, you know... Might be called the... Zelda bloody the, HD upgraded patch thing. Might be called the Nintendo Fist. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> 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 you know what I mean? Like oh, a lot of the games that have that that. have come out on the Switch yeah. in its lifetime getting some nice little HD buffers well, on the new hardware and yeah. and then, you know, experiencing some of these things, you know, for a lot of people for the first time in, yeah. yeah <laughs> what are you laughing at, JB? Oh, I'm just thinking, you know, like, you know, for the Nintendo Switch, the marketing was the sort of, yeah. you know, the snap. Uh, I'd hate to think of what, what it would be for the Nintendo Fist. <laughs> it's yeah. just a it'll be the red sign still in the back but mm. instead of the joy cons clicking into a pla- into place it'll just be like a tiny little hole in the screen like an anus and a fist going into it and just go <laughs> 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 and then uh there you go nintendo fist mm. uh, what do you reckon Steely? do you reckon um, like you know what we've seen in the playstation 5 since it's come out and the xbox series x all of these not last generation games, but games that came out on the last consoles getting these, you know, HD, not remakes, but like the upgrades and stuff. Mm. I reckon that's, yeah, something in that. Mm. Look, I think that it'll be very easy to do for for, for Nintendo to do. And even, I, I don't doubt they're going to try and monetize that in some way. But even if they were to, you know, have these sort of upgradable patches that you can just use on your next bit of hardware. I'd still pay a little bit extra to be able to play those games in a better fidelity because some of them just struggle hard mm. um, in certain points. You know, like if I could go back and and play sort of Kirby in the Forgotten Land in 60 FPS, I'd be cheering because that game is brilliant, but it's so random because there are just every now and then in some of the menus, it's 60 FPS, but every other part of the game is 30 and it just, it's mm. so jarring and does my head in. Um, yeah. But I mean, the know, last... it'll, it'll be good for just uh, even for Zelda as well, which is still running at 30 FPS sometimes. Mm. And for a game that is, is so incredible and, um, and kind of genre defining, if, you know, any chance to be able to play that game, legally at 60 frames per second and maybe even in 4k with the benefit of some dlss technology i'm there for it mm. my 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 willy has no need to have any more coercion to stand <laughs> that's what i'm trying to stay i mean oh the only the, anyway. the, the only switch game i've played in, in uh, 2023 is pokemon violet and man that is that game is struggling Mm. On the Switch, um, and I don't know if that's Pokemon. the Switch or if it's more Pokemon Struggling or a bit hard. of both. But man, oh. that that's uh, yeah. It's been said on this podcast <clears throat> once before: if you can't get your vanilla first-person shooter to run at sixty frames per second at launch, <laughs> then launch, launch it, it into, into the, the sun. Into <laughs> the fucking sun. Oh, I tell you. Um, but in some other news, something that's very nostalgically driven for for me, uh, just quickly. Um, I don't know if you guys have said, have you, have you seen this? Have you heard about this? I oh, fucking know. I've already said it. But um, f- fucking Gex Trilogy, everyone. Gex mm. Trilogy got announced uh, earlier on 
in the week or later last week or something like that. Gex mm. trilogy. So if you haven't played Gex, it's the fucking Gecko. <laughs> the, the first game, it's a side scroller in two and a half D, and it's he's a wise cracking son of a bitch. Mm. And in the second one, it's like a um, it's like a parody of all different kinds of movies, like James Bond and yeah. Kung Fu movies, and um, like Austin Powers and stuff like that. And you go into televisions and you go into these different movie themed places and it's it was i have a lot of nostalgia attached to that game and if we're getting a full-on remake of the three my i had never played the third one but my i'm just i'm ready for that like it was not even like those games were necessarily really good i think (laughs) they were fairly subpar platformers but if they're updated for the modern age with all of the kind of the quirkiness that was in the games, I think they will do very well. So Gex is back, everyone. Put that lizard up your ass. Yeah. We need need something. um, If they're going to update games like this, they need to be on par with like uh, Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart, you know, something that's, that's just an outstanding platformer on the PlayStation 5 and really leverages the the next-gen technology, I think. Like, absolutely be, be good to yeah. really see them just go for it and just yeah make it much more mm. i was gen. i'm thinking more the treatment that you know <clears throat> crash bandicoot and spyro mm. got you mm. know because i think that they did an exceptional job at because obviously you know ratchet and clank a rift apart isn't a, isn't a remaster or a remake it's its own thing but you know like with those games the way that they were translated to modern technology was just a one, incredible. And if they can do the same thing with Gex, I'm just gonna lick it. Mm. Yeah, Gex sixty four. I got fond memories as well, Steely. I had that on the old Nintendo mm. back in the day. I, I mean, my memories of it was that it was a, an unbelievable game. But again, whether or not that was correct, I think it had a lot of charm. Those games, so maybe it's the uh, the charm has left an impression on me. So, but yeah, I agree with with everyone. It, they have to. It's, it's one thing to just remake it and just you know slap a bit of paint on it and they need to you know bring it into the 21st century like gaming's changed so yeah. you got to make you know make it still a fun experience mm. not just something to relive True yeah fact. for sure 100 percent, 100 percent. but that's it from me everyone all right fuck, wow fuck yeah <laughs> nice <laughs> All right, uh, well, we'll throw over to you, C-Mac, for um, a bit of news out of yes. uh, the European continent. Uh, what's what's yes. happening over there? Fresh from Europe. Fresh, fresh, fresh. This news is very fresh, like mm. a hot baguette at a French bakery. <laughs> That's how fresh this is. Just, ouch. Ooh, fresh as fuck. Ow. Don't burn your Just finger. Touch it. Just touch that's hot. Yep, shut up. So the European Council have announced that the final, there's been a finalisation of a new legislation aimed at reducing device wastage and making batteries in electronic devices replaceable by the at home by the owner. So essentially they're saying by 2027 we'll be living like it's 2006, so be able mm. to remove and replace old batteries to extend the lifespan of devices. So there's a bit of speculation about how this will affect gaming handhelds like Nintendo Switch, your Steam Decks, which um, 
yeah, you're switching to Steam Deck. And it seems to be more focused towards phones, which, you know, I'm excited for a day. I won't have to book my my iPhone into be uh into the Apple store just to get a replacement of a dying battery, because that's like mm. hell on earth. And mm. I've been trying to do that for the past six months and yeah. <laughs> can't oh yeah, one. just give us your phone for a week and we'll <laughs> show it up there fucking cock eyes and then you see a brand new battery. Oh my god. Mm. So, Send it over to Tim Cook and let him lick it for you. So anyway, yeah, there's also no word on yet whether this will affect the devices globally because the article says that it's just going to be legislation in Europe. But like you were saying to me earlier, Simon, how what they're going to make one yeah. lot of devices just mm. for Europe, and then you know, in so- my mind, it's either you do it everywhere. Or Europe just doesn't get anything anymore. Well, yeah, that's what they said in the article. They're like, well, would they just stop making them for Europe in like completely? But surely they're not see huge. that happening. No, no. So yeah, what do you, what do you, as everyone else, think about that? Do you want to see a replaceable battery in the Switch or the Steam Deck or the well, Asus or the whatever the hell other handheld gaming there is at the moment? Well, PSP. It'll be interesting. <laughs> Interesting. Just on your note around, I mean, JV has been the closest to manufacturing out of anyone in the DG crew. I, I'd imagine that it would it wouldn't make sense to basically manufacture two different devices if they're going to roll it. No. If they have to roll it out in the EU, they roll it out everywhere else. But I mean, I don't. Th- I, I, and I when I saw the article, I was trying to think of devices. The mobile phone is the only one that I could think of, and I don't think I've ever mm. had a phone that's gotten so bad, or I've had it so long that I've had to replace a battery. And that's even after. Oh, I mine think is I had currently f- at that stage where yeah. I get notifications saying you need to. This phone is a, not a, gonna work anymore. Yeah. <laughs> you don't get this thing. I'm like, work. you know what? I think it can go another day, and it's been like six months on on death's door. So yeah, yeah it's not good. And so, I wish I could just pop a battery out and put it in myself, to be honest. Yeah. So, I think from that point of view, for people that are having issues on that, it's great that you can quite easily just take a battery out and stick a new one in. I think the other thing as well is I think one of the main reasons they've done it is just for recyc- recycling, you know, being able to yeah. take batteries out of old devices and, you know, give them a new life. Um, you don't necessarily, you know, I don't do that if I ever have to get rid of something, take the batteries out of it before I chuck it. It all just goes in the bin. So... Um, yeah, I don't think it's a bad thing. Um, I don't know what kind of effect that'll have with handhelds and stuff like that. I don't know. It's it's an interesting. I think the other thing that I think about is is, is as well. I bought a um, a heart strap, like a heart rate monitor. So if you go for a run, mm-hmm. rather than relying on say a wristwatch that doesn't give you accurate heart data, you can you have this strap which goes around your chest, which is close to your heart and gives you accurate. Um, heart reading now i bought a strap there was one that i was looking at for a long time um and i couldn't get it in australia and the reason i couldn't get it in australia was by australian laws it wasn't able to be sold here because you could actually physically take the battery out and so australia and the reason why wow. australia got really stringent laws around that is around safety around kids so yeah basically you can't as far as i remember and what i was reading up on you can't release something in australia that you know without undoing some bolts and stuff like that, you can't sell it because kids can get at it. So it'll be interesting to see if there's any ramifications in there or whether or not it, it's, you know, just you can still just unscrew the back of your device and get it out um, mm. and stuff like that. I, so, think, no, I think, yeah, I think that some of the, the, the sort of the rhetoric around this is that you'll just need more 
everyday available tools to be able to remove the backs of these things to take them off. I don't, I don't think it's going to just be necessarily like, you know, pop and pop. Stick, lock a, and... stick a couple double A's in there. Mm. Yeah, no, <laughs> yeah. Like, no, well, obviously not. But like, I think it, at the moment, because um, I was watching a, a YouTube video the other day from Nintendo Prime, shout out to my favorite fucking journalist on YouTube. Um, and he was really talking about how at the moment it's very cumbersome. You can do that kind of thing. Mm. You can remove the batteries of these things, but it is unsafe and it's cumbersome to do it. And you need special screwdrivers to do it, which is a bit of a pain in the ass. And that what he was kind of saying is that the idea behind it is just to make them easier to remove so you can replace the battery or so you can take them out if mm. you need to. Um, so, and, you know, and obviously have instructions on how to do it whereas at the moment it's just kind of like take it to an authorized repairer or send it back and things like that there's no other you know like with the apple stuff there's no other way to do it so but yeah i I get what you're saying like as far as um the safety concern of it because like some of these these batteries are pretty hardcore so Mm. um yeah yeah interesting i think it can only be a good thing to be able to service those things yourself and save yourself a bit of money having to take it to a repair repair shop yeah mm. so yeah very good mm. there you go all right well now it is time for our favorite new segment malware of the week And uh, this week, uh, it's Steely. Um, what have you got for us? What malware have you uh, <laughs> decided to explore for uh, the benefit of us and our listeners this week, Steely? Now, first of all, I found this. Casey found this game, but I um I just want to preface this by saying I'm really glad I used some of my Nintendo Switch. Um, uh, rewards points on this. I'm not. We lost them. <laughs> so at least I didn't spend real money on it. So here we go. You All ready right. for this? So is- now, now, here we go. Now I've seen my fair share of ripoffs over the years and clones of successful games. For example, Breath of the Wild sparked games like Genshin Impact and Immortals: Phoenix Rising, which was a Ubisoft game. So. Yeah. GTA gave life to Saints Row, and now, much like those that came before it, the last hope this particular studio had was to rip off one of the most impactful games of all time, The Last of Us, and that game is called The Last Hope. You guessed it, everyone. It's The Last Hope for Nintendo Switch, Um, a game about a guy who uses a time machine to weirdly go to the future to investigate a zombie outbreak. Uh, By the way, he does this by transporting his consciousness into a random guy's body who's in a coma. So a plausible story to start off with. Okay, Um, so somebody who's been presumably... uh, Injured so severely that their uh, brain isn't able to be yeah. conscious, and he's gone, <laughs> gone yeah. back in time. Perfect. I'll jump. I'm I'll picking that. that guy. Yeah, I'm picking that guy. I'm not going to pick the guy with the fucking any anyway with the muscles and with the fuck. Nah, I'm just going to go into a random 
fucking guy's body. So this guy's name, who I can I can barely remember. I believe it's Phil or Steve or fucking definitely. Not. No, wait, no, it's Brian. Um, gets out of bed straight away after entering the coma patient's mind. And this is where the game starts to heat up. Loading screen. You leave your hospital room. You leave, you leave your hospital room and loading screen. You, you get into this room, you pick up a bat. And, um, and if you're lucky, you might be able to land a hit on some of the zombies um that that got into the volume covered because i'm not kidding these fucking things move slower and with about as much persis as a dementia patient in a wheelchair <laughs> you exit mm. the door there and loading screen <laughs> so um every time you land a hit at least the zombies don't react at all so that they will continue to attack you making it almost impossible to evade an attack um but a huge 2d blood splatter comes out of their body which is just laughable it just it looks <laughs> so it's just so bad um and then afterwards you run down the stairs and you leave the hospital and loading screen <laughs> first first thing fucking jim says that is that he's hungry when you get outside he's just walked out into the middle of a fucking zombie apocalypse he's like mm, i'm hungry i've got to eat um Meanwhile, there's just random zombies everywhere, uh, most of which use identical character models, um, <laughs> but are also unusually obese. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> These zombies are fucking fat, man. Very skinny, though. It's like a hundred Chris Farley's running around the place <laughs> with mud cake dripping out of their mouths and a couple of Elizabeth Downs crack addict mums visiting the smoke mart. It's fucking <laughs> mental. It's really bad. Uh, you, you then make your way to the supermarket and loading screen. Of course. You have to look for food which replenishes your stamina bar. There are three foods to pick up and you have to move your way through the shop. And this motherfucker can't jump, so you can't even take a logical path through the supermarket to collect food. And so you're just walking through these aisles like a labyrinth. Uh, and then when you walk outside, loading screen, mm -hmm. then you have to pick a lock to get into the boot of a police car. And this is just a, a like a slider that goes back and forth and you have to just tap it at the right time <laughs> four times in a row. And then you get your gun and wowee, aiming is painful. Um, <laughs> your camera turns slower than a turtle that's heard a gunshot for a start. Um, but the gun sounds like it came from a fucking calculator. Like it's just that the sound of it is just so bad. The re reload sound is louder than the gun sound. Um, so, but this is so it's it's just like, and then it's like like a big loud click for when he's loading it. But this is the big kicker. It takes the same amount of shots to kill a zombie with your gun that it does with the baseball bat. So there's there's no headshots. So you have extremely limited ammo. And here's the second big kicker. There is nowhere to find ammo except for in the boot of cop cars, which um, so, so, <laughs> you know, you hear um, when you go to these cop cars to pick the locks, you, you only get given one as a part of the story. And then another one later on as a part of the story, but to get to it, you have to exhaust all of your ammo. Um, so anyway, <laughs> 
you hear after you've unlocked the cop car, you hear the police car radio saying, help, I'm in the library. And fucking Barry goes, all right. And that's all he says. Like, he just goes, all right. And then, anyway, not like he says, oh, fuck, better get to the library. That girl's in trouble. It's just, yeah, all right, I'll, I'll, I'll do that. <laughs> now, this is my favorite part of this fucking oh. dirty sock of a game. <laughs> the storytelling. Now, the Ellie of this game is called Eve or Eva. Honest to God, the fucking devs don't even know what her fucking name is. Uh, <laughs> she says her name's Eva. The the text boxes say her name's Eve. When she dies, it says her name's Eva. So I don't know. I still don't know. Um, now this is this is where the last hope actually improves on the story of The Last of Us. Instead of Eve being immune to the zombie apocalypse, she just has really bad asthma. <laughs> <laughs> I actually say that <laughs> she trusts you from the moment she meets you and for some reason Cameron the fucking bloke knows that Eva is his unborn daughter from the past just from the fact that she has asthma <laughs> even though his daughter who is yet to be born is yet to be born so how the fuck could he possibly know <laughs> that the fetus fun. of his unborn child is asthma <laughs> No, well, it's the miracle sense. of modern medicine, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> She's just standing in the line. <laughs> the, the fetus in there <coughs> coughing. So she's just like, oh, fuck, I've got to get my asthma medication. <laughs> Help me. Anyway, so to break the fundamentals of... To, to break the fundamentals of this game and to skip as much fighting as possible to reserve your ammunition... You're going to want to run out of the library without fighting anyone. Loading screen. <laughs> then you get to the pharmacy to get Ellie. I mean, Eve. I mean, fuck Eve. I mean, who fucking cares at this point? Her Ventolin loading screen. Then Brian <laughs> tells Eve, Evie, whoever, that his name is Liam and knows her dad when he is really her dad from the past in the body of some fucking coma patient. <laughs> and then you leave the pharmacy and loading screen. So you basically need to break into another cop car at this point to get ammo. But like I said before, you have to exhaust all of your current am ammunition. going after her, so yeah. you have to protect her. You have to use all of your ammo and your stamina to kill all the zombies. Um, because I don't know if I told you this, but to swing your baseball bat, takes stamina or to punch or to punch it takes up stamina and when your stamina depletes it does not generate back by itself you have to eat shit for it to generate you've only gotten three fucking footlongs from subway to eat so <laughs> it's not much to really give you enough energy but if you're unlucky enough to have Eva walk into your field of view while you're trying to shoot the fucking obese centerlink zombies you will die and be greeted with the game over screen, which has a one in six chance of freezing and breaking the game and has the phrase, you dead, appear. <laughs> if Eliza dies, you will get a loading screen that says, Eva is dead. So hmm. some, some fucking English for when she dies, but you just get some gangster shit like, you dead, when you die. <laughs> Um, anyway, um, so yeah, I forgot to mention as well, 
Eva can die. Um, I, I've, I've said that a couple of times that she can die, but I forgot to formally mention that. And if she doesn't defend herself, if you get slightly close to zombies, she won't run past them. She just cows in fear and then dies when she gets hit a couple of times. So, um, <laughs> oh, brilliant. Very, very difficult to pro- progress the game at all. Now, look, I've done this the long way, but moment to moment gameplay is fundamentally broken. If you run out of stamina and bullets, there's no way to defend yourself. So if you if you attack an enemy, there is no way to defend yourself from their attacks. There's no block. There's no way to Couldn't just get out the on. way. The, like There are options to craft Molotovs, and there are no supplies for them lying around in the world <laughs> to pick up to do so. So I, I couldn't even make any Molotov cocktails to throw at anyone. Now, now the music. When you boot up the game, some Nintendo 64 shit starts playing, and it sounds like it was made on a fucking Yamaha Beats machine from 1996. And the menu screen has three options. Are you ready for this? Mm. Tell us. New game, new game to start a new game. Mm. Loading, which I think what they were trying to say (laughs) is load game. Okay. And and controls to find out the controls. Now, if you're like me and you are an impatient asshole, when the game froze and I started it up again, I accidentally found myself starting a new save file. Now, you can only have one save file. So Mm. I had to go back to the start of the fucking game, watch the same introduction that you can't skip, which is just a series of images and text boxes where the words slide onto the screen. But remember when I mentioned the music? That's Mm. when it stops. So this game has no soundtrack past the menu and the opening. There's nothing, no music at all at any point of the game apart from after the opening graphics. Now, the graphics, the graphics here, right? This is a son of a bitch. This this game, it looks like a PS2 game, mm. but somehow worse, but not like a PS1 game. <laughs> and the character models, the character models are ugly as hell. Um, Eva's ponytail is just by default in midair. <laughs> it's just floating in midair. She's got some fucking gravity-defying ponytail. Um, Discount Joel looks like a fugitive. Um, and the snowflakes, even though there is no snow anywhere else in the game, there are snowflakes and they're just particles that are static in midair. It's just like <laughs> static particles just sitting in mid. It just looks like fucking someone's hung up some a star garland uh, somewhere. It's just really random. Now, the, the writing is abysmal. The characters are all read off the page like they're foreign exchange students. And when you die, <laughs> you can still advance conversations too which is just great it's just so good to be able to continue the conversation with someone moments after i've just been killed um now this game is like dark souls for people with drug addictions this game is broken it's impossible to progress unless you don't shoot anything and save bullets but you need to shoot shit to survive (laughs) so it makes no sense literally couldn't couldn't continue no um, I look. I could honestly go on and on and on about the number of issues I have with this game, but I'm going to close on this. I have never played a worse game in my entire life. 
I'd wow. sooner play a fucking Ubisoft game over this game, and that's saying something. <laughs> Crocs World 2. Crocs World 2 is a fucking masterpiece compared to this game. I, I'd rather play Cuties Hacked than play this fucking nightmare. And discerning game is out of 10. Set it on fire. Blow it up. <laughs> launch it into the sun on the back of a nuclear warhead. Put it on a pink dildo and send it into a supermassive black hole. Rocket fuck it on the back of a Twitter-themed <laughs> SpaceX rocket ship into space. Zero discerning games out of 10. The worst game I've ever, ever, Wowee. ever, Scathing. ever played. You guys want to play ever, it now, don't you? Ever yeah. played. No dick, and played no balls, uh, and probably no butthole since this guy feeds on radiation. Pretty much. <clears throat> but then, yeah, the day after I played Watch Dogs Legions and I was, pre- I was desperately proven wrong. That game is infinitely worse. <laughs> wow. <laughs> jokes, well, jokes, jokes, jokes. Um, that, that is the malware of the week, everyone. The fucking, that was just, yeah. Well, thank um, you, Steely. But- and and in, in the interest of um, just saying... A few other opinions uh, out there. We've uh, I've, I've had a, a quick look at the uh, the Metacritic um, for this game, and um, uh, there's there's two critic reviews only. Uh, one from Eurogamer Germany, which says you'd be better off watching a TV test pattern from the '90s for an hour, uh, that, and that's it. <laughs> and uh, there's another one from. Uh, a website called The Gym Quisition, which says it's one thing to rip another game off, but to only pretend to rip one off for attention while doing something so threadbare it doesn't even clear the low bar of plagiarism truly is deceptive on a whole other level. Um, it's something so completely fucking fraudulent that it sells the idea of a counterfeit and delivers instead a handful of minimally functional assets structured just barely enough to resemble half an hour of navigable gameplay. So, wow. Yeah, wow, perfect. That's pretty much That's pretty I... much everything that I just said in a much more eloquent and <laughs> timely manner. <laughs> um, wow. Yeah. Was it obnoxiously wow. ripping The Last of Us off, or was it... No. Like, no, just... you know, the only thing that was was probably the thumbnail for the game, mm. and and there was and there was him saving a oh yeah I don't know uh, yeah like him... there was a girl she even looked like they even had the same t shirt on her as yeah. everyone has mm. like same sort of red white like sort of um what is it like turtleneck not turtleneck like no like uh like um long neck t shirt with a t shirt over the top kind of thing yes yeah, so they made her try and look like her yeah but the guy doesn't look anything like Joel. He mm. he looks like a fucking like yeah he just looks like an ice addict. It's just <laughs> random with camo pants on. Like I don't understand. And like the whole premise is that you got to get her to like some shelter, and she's like, "Yeah, my mum died yesterday." <laughs> yeah, and right. I'm like, "What the fuck is this game? And why is this guy going to the future? Why? Like I don't understand. Why wouldn't it be about him going to the past?" From the future to just to, to stop the outbreak, like isn't that the point of time travel fucking movies <laughs> and time travel games to go to the past to prevent something? Yet he's going to the future just to check it out, like mm. like it's a fucking theme park. 
I love and, anyway, it's it's bad. I love it's the bad I love play it. I love the idea of the uh, the guys whose body he took over in the hospital was wearing camo pants. <laughs> <laughs> Classic. It's funny. Th- this game was published by a developer called VG Games, and I've just done a quick quick search on them, and uh, the first thing that comes up on their website is join our team for the next project. <laughs> And then it's got a list of benefits that they offer. Uh, and I'll just read them out to you. So you've got IT park residents. Okay. Well, I don't really understand how that's a benefit. Full social package. Okay. What regular, the fuck does that even mean? Regular team buildings and pizza parties. Okay. Oh Young, passionate team. Clear and defined career growth. Motivational salary. Bonus bonus system and rewarded conquests. Uh, various skills development due to a big variety of projects. And then it's got a button that says send CV. And it's got like a circle that's sort of circling that uh, button. So, Oh, I'm going to go. I'm going to apply just for the apply pizza for the party. Job. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. the rewarded conquests. And the motivational salary. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, uh, but no young passionate team made that. You cannot say you're passionate if you've made that fucking game. You you've basically you're passionate about fucking taking mum and dad's money and turning your fucking small time hobby just having a fuck party on Unity to make some <laughs> shitty shit ass of a thing. They're, they're is, the Rebecca Black of the gaming world, uh, unfortunately. Poor Rebecca that? Black. <laughs> gotta get, gotta get down. <laughs> uh, oh I would have said more. They're like, a, you know, they're like Eve Gilmo when he was just starting out, and he's sixteen, and he's just, you know, he's just realised he wants to get into Ubisoft. Mm. Just yeah. like that. Just like that. All right. Well, that's uh, the end of the week. Uh, <laughs> Motivational yes. salary. Yes, yes. Rewarded conquests. More of that. Thank you, Steely, for uh, reviewing that uh, smoking crater of a game. Um, it was sp- not fun. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You're well, welcome. speaking of fun, let's jump into our novelty segment of the week. Fifteen percent off Samsung, Sony, LG TVs now at JB Hi-Fi. Wow! <laughs> this week uh, we're talking our most anticipated games of the second half of 2023, and uh, it's a bit of a list. It's been a bit of a bumper year, really, for games uh, so far this year, and there's there's really no sign that things are slowing down. Mm. And uh, well, for for today's novelty segment, I thought I'd I'd kick things off, and um, like even though I'm very very much looking forward to Starfield, like we've kind of spoken a lot about Starfield on the podcast, and I think everyone's got a pretty good idea of where that's at. So I thought I'd cover a different game, 
And that game is Armored Core 6. So uh, there it is. Um, now, um, I haven't played any of the other Armored Core games, but this one looks really, really cool. And uh, uh, I wanted to, to sort of read some of the, the description that's on the Steam page for this, this game. So this is a, a From Software game. So... The people that brought us uh, Bloodborne and Demon Souls and, of course, Elden Ring. And uh, it says here that from software's long-standing expertise in mech games brings uh, with their signature action gameplay, Armored Core 6 Fires of Rubicon, a brand new action experience with dynamic omnidirectional battles uh, where... Uh, You'll be we're playing on massive stages and fighting, you know, mech to mech, um, being able to make customised parts for individual battle styles and, uh, you know, the, the different parts not only change the mech's attacks but also directly affect their movement and battle style. So each mission can be approached with a unique mech strategy and there's a bunch of thrilling boss battles with a wide variety of offensive and defensive tactics at close and long range to take down powerful enemy bosses. Now, I've had a look at some of the footage for Armored Core 6 online and there's not a great deal that looks like it's footage of actual gameplay. Like there's um there there was a like a teaser trailer that looked like it was just a basically like a cutscene where it showed like the planet on fire and you know of a bunch of ruins and like a mech with a bunch of shit strapped onto its back death stranding style just sort of uh, sorting through the rubble trying to find like a weapon or something like that but yeah i mean i'm i'm interested enough to know uh whether this game's going to be something cool uh, have you played any of the other armored core games Ferg? no i can't say this is one i'm super familiar with um yeah, so to answer your question, no, I haven't played any of the games in this series, but it's given me Titanfall vibes, mm. which was a fantastic game. Maybe that's a bit of a boring comparison, but comes from a good stock as far as game developer. Um, but interestingly, that one's coming out very soon as well. So it's interesting yeah. that you hadn't there hasn't been heaps of gameplay released or haven't showed things off a whole lot. So mm, don't know. But if I recall, they didn't really show off a hell of a lot before Elden Ring came out either, and then, and then it was you know obviously really well received. So with the source, maybe yeah. that's their thing. I'd mm. be thinking that you know off the back of the success they had with Elden Ring, yeah, yeah this one. Oh, excuse me, <laughs> <laughs> this one could be really really cool. Fucking bored yourself with yourself, mate. Oh wow, I was trying to hold that in, uh, couldn't do it. <laughs> Um, all right. Well, Ferg, what do you got? What have I got? Well, <clears throat> obviously, similar to you, JB, obviously my number one anticipated game is Starfield. Um, not only in the second half, probably for the whole year, but we've banged on about that or not. So in a year where I'm really trying not to spend any money on video games, I use the word trying, um, I, I got to think about, you know, what games out there coming in the second half are games that I would part with for my money. And probably the two that sort of stick out other than Starfield is a game that I've talked about before. I'll give it my honorable mention is City Skylines 2. The first game was so good. Um, I'm a big fan of city builders in general. 
fond memories of playing SimCity. I remember we had a on our primary school computers back in the day. I remember playing SimCity. I don't even know what it was. It would have been SimCity 2000. Yeah, possibly back then. Um, you know, everyone at recess playing SimCity. So that's where my love for these games started. So City, City Skylines, the first game was just so good. The second one, I, I, I'm assuming it's just going to be a continuation on how good that game is. So that game there, I'd be, um, I'm hanging out for. The other one, which is interesting because we didn't talk about it before the show, but you've brought it up already, is Baldur's Gate 3. Now, this is a series of games which have been around for 20 plus years. I think late 90s, I think the first game might have come out. And it, it's a game series that I've never played. It's never really been on my radar, but off the back of the publicity that it's had in the last couple of weeks, it's sort of been in my peripherals. So I've been looking into it. Um, if you're not familiar with it, it's it's a, it's a fantasy RPG game, which is set in the universe of Dungeons and Dragons. So a bit of a nerdy sort of game it's actually been out on pc for a few years now i think it's been an early release since october of 2020 the bare sex that's uh, brought you in for- yeah and in my defense no it wasn't <laughs> to be honest I, I i don't know maybe that's a nice to have but i don't know i think what i love about these games is you can dump 90 bucks into it and you just know you're going to get your value for money because it's endless opportunities to play a story that you can't repeat you know, twice in a row. It's, it's mm-hmm. sort of infinite impossibilities, you know, playing with friends. And like, I, I just love fantasy RPGs in general. So Baldur's Gate 3 looks really, really good. Um, and obviously, like I said, three years of early access, they've been tweaking it. And now they've got it to a point where, you know, they're going to release it in full flight to the rest of the world. So that's that's a game I'm definitely going to have on a wish list. And I reckon, you know, give it six months into next year when it starts going on sale. That's one that I'm definitely keen to pick up. Mm. Um, now, on top of the games that are coming out. I What I'm really interested as someone who, again, like I said, not trying to spend much money is there's a whole stack of big games in the second coming in the second half of this year. And I'm just really interested to see how they go. So a couple of them, we've got EA Sports FC 24, which is, you know, the tear away from the FIFA franchise, which has been around forever. So this is their yeah. first sort of tilted football club 24. So it'd be interesting to see how that goes for them. I'm really interested to see what kind of reviews that game gets. Um, you know, we don't talk about sport games a lot, but that, that game's going to be in the top 10 selling games of the year. It always is. So oh, that's, sure. that's going to be a massive deal. So it'll be interesting to see how that goes. The other one is, and we joke about this a lot, but Assassin's Creed Mirage. It's really going to be interesting to see how that game um, sort of launches and how well it's received. You know, this is Ubisoft going back to you know, where they started essentially with Assassin's Creed. So it'll be interesting to see whether that is a move that pays off for them. Mm. Um, I'm really interested to see, yeah, the hype around that game that comes out and what kind of reception it gets. The other one is a game, and I'm not going to go into it. If you haven't heard of The Day Before, it's been sort of one of the most wish-listed games on Steam for a long time. Um, we're talking years. It's it's a, an open-world MMO zombie survival game, which has had one of the most bizarre story lead up story arcs in the release of this game to the point where people don't actually know if it's a game if there's actually a game coming is it a marketing stump we're talking about bloody rip-offs of uh, the last of us this <laughs> one big high on the list <laughs> that's it i mean oh, they've been yeah. in and out of court around the name of their game and and all sorts so that's slated to come out in november can't even find it on steam at the moment no it's it, not it listed got, no got taken down because of a copyright infringement issue over the name yeah that's it so i don't know it if you go to their website it's coming in november 
So if it comes out, it'll be interesting to see what it actually is after all of these years of just not knowing the status of this game and where it's yeah, at. Well, and probably a lot of things coming in November. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. And then last but not least, there's a couple of hard hitters in the 2D gaming space coming out this year, which we've seen a bit of in the last month, which I think looks super cool. So we've got Sonic Super Stars and then Super Mario Bros. A Wonder. So I don't know. Like you said, a lot of people are talking about 2023 has been one of the best years in gaming ever, at least in you know the last 10 years. The amount of good games that have come out this year has been unbelievable across mm. the board, all the different genres. We could bang on it you know, for multiple minutes about all the good games that have come out this year. But yeah, second half is looking equally as strong as the first. Um, yeah, thanks for coming to my it's TED Talk. It's funny though, because for a year as well that where there's been so many good games that have come out, there's also been so much trash. Like I think it's, it's, it's not a year where there's just been, you know, good games all along the board. It kind of feels like this roller coaster where there's some insane highs and there's some even more insane lows. It's just really bizarre. Mm. Um, I think it's a weird year in gaming because I think, um, especially for me, for Nintendo, it's a weird year. It feels like a very quiet year. And yet, having said that, there there are some real, you know, Super Mario Wonder being a real heavy hitter coming later on in the year and um, even Pikmin 4 as well, a highly anticipated game as well. Um, in that franchise, it's crazy. Like, uh, I think, yeah, I'm I'm with you. There's been an um, amazing list of games that have come out, but lots of trash in between. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I think of, you know, Redfall. We had f- spoken. There's been Gollum. Some, you know, big games, highly anticipated that, yeah, didn't reach a lofty heights. Mm. Any others come to mm. mind? They're the first three that come to my mind. What else we got? Oh, Dead Island 2. I mean, that was a... Mm, I don't know. That, they got good reviews, didn't it? Got good reviews, but yeah. Um, did it did it do as well as they'd hoped? Um, don't know, really. Don't know. Anyway. All right, Steely, uh, what's your most anticipated game for uh, what remains of 2023? Well, I've actually got three on this list, so I'm just going to tell you what they are because there's no point in me talking too much about some of them. Um, look, I'm really, I'm excited for, well, now it's four games, to be honest with you. Um, <laughs> look, I'm excited about Super Mario Wonder, obviously. I think that the, mainly for the reason that the Mario 2D franchise has felt a little bit kind of cut and paste and stale for a while, coming from a company that bangs on about, oh, we're going to do stuff that's fresh and exciting all the time. Everything has to be different and brand new and sick and totally different, and nothing can be the same as the one before it, yet Mario has been the same for the last 12, 15, maybe even 20 years in two days. It's just been so slow and boring. Um, even though those games are great, the new Super Mario Brothers games, they're they're fun, but fun once and not again. Whereas I'm really excited for Super Mario Wonder. I think it's an amazing um, step in the right direction for 2D Mario and rightfully so, um, especially the what I think is going to be the end of the Switch's life cycle to have something like this on it to kind of be the swan song for the system before the next one comes out, which I mm. think they'll still support the first one. Don't get me wrong, but I, I'm really pumped for that. Something that I'm even more pumped for, though, weirdly, is Penny's Big Breakaway. And I I talked about this and announced this from the Direct that happened uh, not so long ago, a game that's coming from the people that helped to develop Sonic Mania. 
Um, it's a 3D platformer. I'm a 3D platformer um, fucking addict. Uh, I just, I love platformers and, and even 2D platformers and 3D platformers. For some reason, there's just something about them, the challenge, the fun that's involved, the, the kind of the need to collect things as well. I like the collecting aspect of it. And this game just looks so wild. That trailer that we saw of it, I just think it it, it hits in all the right places. It looks like it's going to be, you know, a little fast paced, but there's plenty of, you know, fun stylistic things that are going in there. I've talked a load about it, so I'm not going to spend too much time on it. Um, obviously, the Plucky Squire is something that I'm looking forward to. Um, that is going to be one of the most unique looking games of the year. So um, I won't bang on too much about that because I've talked about that a lot, um, but definitely on the radar as one of my most anticipated last half of 2023 games. And then obviously um, one that I just mentioned earlier on in the show, Gex, because I have mm. so much nostalgia for Gex 2, which is uh, Gex Enter the Gecko, or I think it was Gex 64 when it mm. came out. And um, for, I just have so, so much nostalgia for that. It would just rip me right back to being a kid. And um, and I used to be Gex obsessed to the point when we'd go on holidays and when we'd whenever we'd go on holidays in tropical places like to Darwin or, you know, to, to even to Queensland, if I was to see a gecko, I'd be like, that's Gex. <laughs> I'd be so excited to see the gecko because I, I loved Gex so much and I'd call them all Gex and everything. And then it, even, you know, what's really weird in the, in the job that I have now, we have a, we used to have a product called Gex and every time I sprayed it out, the first thing that came to mind was that stupid little fucking gecko whipping his tail and being a smart ass. Mm. And um, I don't know, it's something that stuck with me. And like I said, it's not even like a, a really, really good franchise. I just think that it's something that weirdly um, it, there is a charm to it. It creeps into your mind and it makes you kind of go, hey, uh, that's, that's something that was, it was colorful and vibrant and it was sort of cheeky and witty. And I think that it will hopefully with um, a big overhaul be maybe just a a little bit of a, a sneaky one that will, take away hopefully some good numbers this year and and do mm. well unlike when they tried to bring Bubsy back which was just not very good oh, so um <laughs> yeah that's that's my most anticipated 2023 f- finishes um because nice. i mean you're seeing a bit of a, a common theme in there there's a lot of platforming mm. um so anyway that's mm. me nice Excellent. Well, uh, last but not least, Isty. What do you yes, got? Yes. So, well, I'm really looking forward to Pikmin 4, which is coming out this Friday, actually. So mm. that's... Fuck, Friday. Yeah. Well, I'm going to see the Barbie <laughs> movie, so we'll have to play it on Saturday. <laughs> so uh, we, we played the demo the other day, um, and, yeah, the demo was amazing, and I'm just mm. so excited for that game. So that's one. Um, of course, Mario Wonder looks amazing. And the Plucky Squire. I rewatched the trailer just before and man, that game looks so flipping good. And it doesn't mm. have any release date yet, but we know it's this year. It says mm. 2023. So 
yeah, it just it, get, it gives me so much of like link between world vibes that the yeah, world yeah, thinking yeah, of. Yeah. So what, yeah, you um, jump into the real world, but then you can jump in and out of like pictures and stuff like that. So yeah, that just looks like something right up my alley. That game, and I think the kids will really like watching it as well. So what, yeah, um, what platform are you likely to pick that one up for? Like, are you going to get Plucky Squire Switch. on Switch or Switch. PS5? No way. No. PS5. If you want that motherfucker to run at 60 frames <laughs> per second, mm. you're going to get it on the PS5. We're getting it on the PS5, Joel. Yes. You heard it here first. That's Boom. where I'm getting it. I've learnt the lesson quite early on in my life cycle of owning a Switch not to get any third-party games on that motherfucker. Mm. Only yeah. first-party games. Only, only the last hope. Only the last time. <laughs> <laughs> Can't get Legacy. much worse, so. Yeah, Hogwarts Legacy. Did you know the Hogwarts Legacy on Switch isn't out yet? I think it's slated for November. November, isn't I it? I think it. <laughs> oh, that's got to wow. be on someone's most anticipated list, surely. Surely. Yeah, someone with a fucking brain disorder. Brain <laughs> I was going to wow. say that, but I figured mm. I've, I've hit too many medical nerves this week. So. Yeah, it's one of those <laughs> things, if you were, uh, if I had as much money as Bill Gates, I'd go and find everyone that's uh, pre-ordered Hogwarts Legacy on Switch and give them a PlayStation 5. And It just hurts my feelings <laughs> to know that there's people that'll be playing Hogwarts Legacy on the Switch over... The PC or the PS5. That game looks so looks so good on on PS5, and I'm sure they'll get it to function on the Switch. But I think you're leaving a lot and a lot on the table by not playing it on a superior console, unfortunately. But like, not all of us have got multiple consoles, so beggars can't be choosers. Someone's going to be mm. searching for gobstones at very low <laughs> resolution. That's it. Well. <laughs> Thank you very much for that, uh, C-Mac. And that brings us to the end of the Discerning Gamer podcast for another week. I would like to thank the DG crew, starting with Fergus Fergamon Hamilton. Thanks, Ferg. Thanks, JB. Always a pleasure, mate. And Simon Steely McLaughlin, the gaming chef. I'm here. I'm not cooking anything for you fucking bastards, but I'm here. And I loved it. Every minute of it. Thanks for having me, Joel. As always, thanks for having me. You're welcome. <laughs> thanks, man. And okay. last. Thanks for having me, but man. But not least, <laughs> yeah. Casey C. Mac McLaughlin, Pistol yeah. Pete herself, the Pist. Master P. Thank you. Master P. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thanks for having me. It's been fun. And if you want to tell us your most anticipated bestiality-inspired game <laughs> for 2023, oh. uh, please drop us a line on uh, the socials, and we'll see you next week. Bye. See ya. See you next time, guys. Uh, if you wanted to know as well, it's a little bit late, but you could have gotten 20% off Hisense and TCL uh, TVs at JB Hi-Fi. That ended 5th of July. So if you didn't get that, well, fucking sucked in at the end of the day. But I love you. And I'll see you next time.